0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: This is David Arts from a Major League Pitcher, and you're listening to Jake Brown Show.
2: Welcome. To the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's radio.com podcast network. You can subscribe to the show, rate us five stars, and write a review on iTunes. And you can get us on Spotify and Stitcher as well. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jake Brown Radio, and follow our show on Twitter and Instagram at Jake Brown Show. We're also on Facebook Live right now. Hit like on Facebook, and you can catch the show weekly on Facebook Live. Coming up, we got a lot to get into. We got to talk MLB playoffs as they get underway tonight, the Yankees and the Twins. Mike Mazio, New York Daily News, will join us, the Yankees beat writer. He'll join us live from the Bronx and break down what is the most surprising wild card game ever when you think about it, as the Twins, with an unknown roster of sorts, finds its way into the playoffs and the Yankees exceeding expectations you could say with the season that they had finding a way into that race of the al east um but falling short there but getting the wild card they'll be home in the bronx we'll talk with mike mazzi we'll also preview the rest of the playoffs red sox astros nationals cubs we'll talk diamondbacks rockies and a wild card game the dodgers well in there and all of that, Jazz and the Indians, who will take on the winner of tonight's game. We'll talk with former, well, current Major League pitcher, pitch for the Long Island Ducks this year, trying to get his way back to the big leagues. David Ardsma, great guy, hosts the bullpen with Da and uh, knows baseball very well. Has been around the league for a while. He'll join us as well. David Ardsma, Mike Mazio, baseball preview. We'll talk NFL Week Four as the Chiefs with a nice backdoor cover. Uh, we'll also have an update from me, a sports update. It's been a while since we've did done that. You'll hear a sports update, what's happening in the world of sports and all the injury news amongst NFL quarterbacks as guys are going down, guys are on the way back, a lot Andrew Luck, and uh, a lot of sports to get into. And we'll talk about the new NBA All-Star game, which is going to feature a different way of people uh, players being selected than usual. But we got to start with what happened in Las Vegas. It's it just absolute travesty. Uh, Sunday night, everyone's at a country concert 20,000 plus people there And some lunatic shooting from the 32nd floor Of the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas uh, It's Just another, the most tragic shooting in modern American history it's 50, Around 59 plus people died Hundreds and hundreds wounded, sent to hospitals And every time, what we're doing is sending thoughts and prayers Instead of actually changing things and who knows when things will change, who knows when there will be gun control. But the fact that an accountant, a guy with no real criminal record at all, has access to go to a store and buy rifles that could kill a mass amount of people. If there is people who if there are people who think something like that is right, then you gotta get your head examined. Cause what is there a need for an accountant? I mean, this is a, a, a white, a 64 year old white dude and a Cowan buying rifles. It's, it's a scary thought that you can do that and something has got to change. And while we keep saying there can't be change, what can we do? There can be things done, but unfortunately the people up top just aren't changing Jack, you know what? And until that changes, we're still going to say our thoughts and prayers are with this. Our thoughts and prayers are with Bernardino. Our thoughts and prayers are with the people in Orlando. Our thoughts and prayers are with the people in Las Vegas. Our thoughts and prayers are with Sandy Hook. There's only enough thoughts and prayers we can send without something being amended. And the Second Amendment, I mean, the right to bear arms, the right to to bear a rifle and shoot through a window of a 32nd floor of a hotel where there's 22,000 people outside, trying to enjoy Jason Aldean, Luke Combs and company. And, and they, it's like, you don't even know what, what it could, it could come to your town next. You just don't know. And that's a scary thought that people trying to enjoy music now don't have kids. There's people who don't have mother, father, grandma, grandpa, whatever it may be, because nothing is changing. And the NRA will keep throwing money around and it's still nothing's going to change. So hopefully something changes. But, I mean, you could say all we could do is send thoughts and prayers, but there really could be a lot more done to that. And it's it's depressing that this happens almost every year. It's like, when will, when will the next shooting happen? It doesn't matter anymore the color of the person's skin, what their background is. What matters is that every one of these people killing people has access to these weapons that can kill a lot of people. And we still don't have the answer to why. So let's hope something changes. Because it's it's too many lives being lost senselessly by lunatics, just going out and killing people in a school, in a club, at a concert. I mean, it's every type of thing now. It's not just one kind of event it's a it's a variety of different places, events, whatever it may be that things are happening, and it's it's rough. It's rough to see happen continuously and nothing being done about it. Hopefully something changes at some point. This is the Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, Spotify. And again, Vegas Strong, man. It's four to 500 people injured. Two cops dead. A nurse died. People taking bullets for other people. While well, it makes you realize our country is strong and we can support people and donating blood and, and going to Vegas and, and Trump going there Wednesday, it, it doesn't mean much when it keeps happening. Stop. It needs to stop. And hopefully this is the last straw for government to, to do something and make sure that an accountant can't get 10 rifles and sneak them up to the 32nd floor of a popular hotel come on now it's preposterous some some sports news now as we switch over here uh the NBA All-Star game is is going to have a change of guard here it will not be the east and west anymore it will not be the east and west anymore for 2018 captains will pick teams so a popularity contest could become more of a popularity contest. So it's basically the fans, I guess, will vote whoever the whoever gets the most votes. It seems like the two players who get the most votes will then choose who they want to be on their team, which I kind of like. It's kind of like when we were kids and you're kickball and there's two captains and it's, it's people getting picked. Oh, I'll I'll take the big guy with the powerful foot. Last pick, the the fat kid like me who didn't have the powerful foot and couldn't run the bases. It's kind of what it's like. And the All-Star game has lost so much of its luster that why not shake it up at this point? I think this could become, oh, I I picked my friend, like LeBron picking Wade, even if he doesn't deserve to make it. But the game doesn't matter, so who cares? I think we're still going to see great players. And it's going to be a little bit of a different version of a popularity contest. It won't be the fans' favorite players. It won't be a guy who's hurt who gets in. It'll be... The best players, favorite players. Which if Michael Beasley hears this, he'll think that he's going to get picked immediately because Michael Beasley was quoted as saying, he's your favorite player's favorite player. So maybe this is the year Michael Beasley makes the All-Star game. But good for the NBA shaking it up. And I think Adam Silver and the NBA does a really good job in terms of changing things when they start to go dry. Baseball has struggled on that front. They've started with more replay and stuff like that and, and timed pitches, but it's still a, a way behind. It's obviously America's pastime, and it's past the time sometimes, whereas the NBA is, is pretty good about changing things, and it seems like only the inevitable is coming that we will have no conferences. We will have the 16 best teams in the league make the playoffs. Which would mean it might be three teams in the East and the rest from the West. Because we know the Eastern Conference is the Weekstern Conference. And that will one day come. And this could be the start of it. Let's see how long this lasts, though. I mean, the East is so bad that they had to change the All-Star game format. Next is the playoffs. And LeBron, you know what he's going to do. He's going to create a super team. LeBron's going to have fun with this because if and when he probably gets one of the most votes, he's going to create a super team that he's never been able to do, a 12-man roster super team. Couldn't do that with Cleveland. Could only turn it into a big three, big four, big five. Now he gets a big 12. So and LeBron likely gets that spot. It's going to be interesting to see who he chooses. Over to baseball, the MLB playoffs get underway. We'll talk with Mike Mazio about it, and we talk with DA about it. My opinion, before the season, I was way off saying the Red Sox and the Mets, well, I could technically be half right if the Red Sox get there. I just think the Indians are rolling right now. I know what Houston's done. I know about their big one-two punch. But I think it's going to be the Indians getting back there and taking on the Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers are going to beat the Indians in the World Series. So I think the Dodgers end that 19-year run without winning one. They are going to win one this year because their roster is just too damn good. And I think their pitching is too damn good. And if Kershaw could write the ship, they'll be just fine. It's going to be an interesting playoffs. The Twins-Yankees game is going to be very intriguing since Santana's got the experience. Severino doesn't. The NL, two West foes, Diamondbacks, Rockies, two teams that we might have not thought would have got here and they did is going to be intriguing tomorrow. Red Sox with Chris Sale. Can he dominate and help them advance and get by the Astros and maybe take on the Indians? The NL, the Cubs, the Nationals, the Cubs are defending champs, but the Nationals had an amazing year. The Cubs didn't Cubs played well enough to get in. But it wasn't as big of a season for them. So that's going to be intriguing as well. But I think it's going to be Dodgers over the Indians. And Mike Mazio will talk Yankees with us. Arzma will give us his predictions as well. We got Mike Mazio in a bit. So before we get to Mike Mazio, we're going to go to the NFL and take you around the league, including a backdoor cover at the last second by the Chiefs. Brian Corson behind the boards as he's hyped up for the hockey season again underway this week. Who did the Rangers play opening opening night? I have no idea. Well, the season debuts in the coming days. We know that. But the NFL season's in full force as we are about a quarter of the way through the season now. Week four came and went. And it ended with an incredible game last night as the Chiefs buck Barkis leads them to victory, and then they cover. I fall asleep because I took some NyQuil, passed out. Wake up to find that Justin Houston picks up a fumble on a a Music City Miracle attempt by the Redskins and takes it back, and they cover. Oh, my, I was happy about that. The Chiefs are the only remaining undefeated team. How about that? At 4-0, and the Redskins fall to 2-2. Speaking of surprises, the New England Patriots defense cannot stop a nosebleed right now. The, Panther, the Panthers said, hey, uh, we're here to stay. The Panthers upset the Patriots 33-30. It was 30-16. The Patriots scored two touchdowns. Remember, this was after Graham Gano missed, missed extra point. And then at the buzzer, the end of regulation, he makes a kick and beats the Patriots, who fall to 2-2, two who, oh, yes, are tied with the New York Jets, who are technically ahead of the Patriots at 2-2. Two and two. The Jets beat the Jaguars in overtime in a very Jets-Jaguars-esque game. A game that the Jets could not close out in the fourth quarter that they should have had. They found ways to get the Jaguars in it. But in the final minutes, the Jets prevail in a game that nearly ended in a tie. And some Jaguars mistakes causing that one. The Jets are two and two and apparently the the world is round. The earth is round because the Jets are two and two and their Giants are on four. Ben McAdoo, his seat is as hot as Cholula's hot sauce right now. The Giants were supposed to be one of the favorites to maybe get to the Super Bowl. They're winless. What the hell is going on? The Tampa Bay Bucks beat them at the end of the regulation. Nick Folk was not a folklore as he missed an extra point, missed a couple field goals, but made it when it mattered and man, the Giants. It is scary right now with the New York Giants. They're all four. They have to go 11-1, and maybe 10-2 and at worst to think about getting to the playoffs. And if they could do that, then you think they could win the damn Super Bowl. I think the Giants' season is toast right now. And I'm coming from the guy that picked them to win the damn Super Bowl. They're a disaster. McAdoo's going to be gone soon. He clearly does not have control of this locker room right now. And the Giants now must win against the Chargers. Speaking of the Chargers, they just cannot find a way to win. They lose games in the toughest of ways in the final seconds of games. And again, they lose this time to the Eagles, who are now 3-1 and hold on to first place in the NFC East. (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me, the Chargers 0-4 in every game Lose by 2 Lose by 3, lose by 1 And Phillip Rivers looks like he's had about enough He almost had a heart attack on the field On Sunday And the Eagles, man, surprising us all Carson Wentz taking that next step They are an intriguing team in the NFL right now The game in London was one You probably should have slept in for It was a 9-30 start It was just disgusting to watch this game The Dolphins offense was putrid the Saints won 20 to nothing in this one, and they are 2-2. Two two. The Dolphins 1-2. The Panthers upset the Patriots, I said. The Jets won. The Texans crushed the Titans 57-14. My man Deshaun Watson is about to win this damn division. The AFC South is going to the Texans because if Watson can play as amazing as he did in those five touchdowns against their division rival, the other team that is expected to contend with them for the division, they will not lose because their defense is superb. Watson's playing incredible as a rookie. And Lamar Miller's running great. The Texans look really good. I'm excited to see where they go this season. The Lions beat the Vikings 14-7. Case Keenum didn't have enough, and neither did the run game for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook out for the season with a torn ACL. Killing my fantasy team. And the Lions are 3-1, and... One and looking as good as the Packers right there in that division. The Rams are looking good and surprising us all. They beat the Cowboys 35-30. The Rams are 3-1. and one. The Cowboys fall to 2-2. Two and, two. and Jared Goff has taken the next step. He has looked really good. And the Rams are... Todd Gurley, man. He's shown us why he was such a high pick. The Rams are 3-1. and one. Amazing. Another 3-1 team that's amazing are the Buffalo Bills who go into Atlanta... Go to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and win 23-17. Falcons lost Sanu and jo- Julio Jones in the game. It clearly cost Matt Ryan some awful play calling by the Falcons. Third and one they threw, then fourth and one they threw with under a minute left. And they lose their first loss of the season. The Falcons really should have squeaked that out in the end, but some bad play calling cost them. And the Bills are atop the AFC East. Unreal. The Steelers beat the Ravens. They're 3-1. They're one of the Super Bowl favorites right now. They made it look easy 26-9 in Baltimore. And Big Ben's saying that it's a distraction with Antonio Brown. Big Ben's the last guy I should be talking about distraction. This is a guy who basically sexually assaulted a woman, and he's talking about distractions. I mean, relax, Big Ben. Allegedly, I should say. The Bengals finally get a win as they crush the Browns 31-7. The Bengals are in the winning column. That's a game that's too ugly to even discuss Talked about the Bucks being the Giants. The Cardinals beat the 49ers in overtime. The Cardinals find ways to win in ugly fashion. They've done it twice in overtime, twice against terrible teams, the Colts and Niners. But hey, a win's a win. Larry Fitzgerald gets the touchdown to end it in the final minute of overtime in a game that they nearly lost. Uh, the Broncos beat the Raiders. Derek Carr's out six, two to six weeks. EJ Manuel came in, almost got it done, but did not. The Broncos now 3-1. and The Seahawks beat the Colts 46-18 in a game that was super ugly. But the Seahawks are now 2-2. Two and, two, and the Packers won Thursday over the Bears, 35-14. And the Packers are 3-1. and one. That's it for NFL Week 4. As we come to an end, we're going to give it to Mike Mazio, And we're going to hand it off to David Arzma as well. But before we do that, we're going to go to a Jake Brown sports update. So enjoy the update. Enjoy Mike Mazio. Enjoy David Ardma right here on the Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. With your sports update, I'm Jake Brown. Playoffs? Yes, that's right. October baseball is here and the MLB postseason begins tonight in the Bronx. The Yankees will take on the Twins in the American League Card game. Luis Severino will pitch for the Yanks and Irvin Santana takes the hill for the Twins. First pitch is scheduled for 8.09 p.m. Eastern. The winner will head to Cleveland to take on the AL Central champion Indians on Thursday. In the National League, the Rockies will head to Arizona tomorrow to take on the Diamondbacks in the NL wildcard game. John Gray takes the mound for the Rockies, and Cy Young Award candidate Zach Grinke will pitch for the Diamondbacks. The winner of that game will take on the NL West champion and MLB's best, the Los Angeles Dodgers, on Friday night. In the other playoff matchups, the AL East champs, the Red Sox, go to Houston to take on the AOS champion Astros on Thursday. Finally, the defending World Series champion Cubs will go to our nation's capital to play the NL East winning Nationals on Friday. Over to the gridiron. The Chiefs remain the only undefeated team in the NFL with a 29-20 win last night at home over the Redskins. New rookie Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker gave Kansas City the lead with eight seconds remaining, nailing a 43-yard kick to put them up 23-20. Justin Houston will return a fumble on the final play of the game to seal the deal and cover the 7-point spread for the 4-0 Chiefs. Sticking with the NFL, Raiders QB Derek Carr will miss the next 2-6 to weeks with a transverse process fracture in his back. EJ Manuel will get the start at QB Sunday when they take on the Ravens in Oakland. In other quarterback injury news, the Titans reportedly plan on signing QB Brandon Whedon the news comes after Marcus Mariota suffered a hamstring injury in their loss of the Texans Sunday. While the injury doesn't appear to be serious, there is a chance Mariota misses time. And finally, a QB who could be back soon is Colts Andrew Luck. Colts GM Chris Ballard said that Luck will begin practicing this week and could be back in a few weeks.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: And welcome back to the Jake Brown Show as we preview the MLB playoff slate, the Yankees and Twins we talked about coming up as well with David Artsman. But joining us now is New York Daily News, Yankees beat writer Mike Mazio, friend of the program, at MazNYDN on Twitter. Maz, the Yankees and Twins in the wild card game. If I told you that before the season, you might call me crazy.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, I thought they'd probably be like, you know, around the 85-1 team. And, uh, you know, they made a lot of great trades. Getting Us, uh, Sonny Gray, two relievers from the White Sox, Todd Frazier. I mean, just a lot of good additions that probably pushed them over the finish line. And then certainly they were bolstered by the, you know, sudden ascensions of Aaron Judge and uh, Luis Severino. Without those two guys, they definitely wouldn't be in this spot.
2: I'd also have to imagine the other side, Mike, uh, the Twins. You have to do some research when you look at their roster because there's a lot of guys that people have never heard of uh how about the twins getting here what a job uh, by them no one thought they'd come remotely close to this spot
3: right exactly i think paul Molitor. i think a lot of credit especially since they kind of went into selling mode they you know trade their clothes at the nationals and uh traded high make to the yankees and uh you know were able to ride a lot of young kids to uh this spot from 85 wins to from what 103 losses so yeah, it is pretty incredible uh but they're in the spot with a chance to go to the ALDS.
2: Should Yankee fans be confident tonight? Luis Severino on the mound has not been terrific earlier in the year against the Twins. Going up against a veteran here in Irvin Santana, uh, what do you think about the Yankees throwing Severino? I guess you have to because he's your best pitcher, but it is a little bit of an interesting choice considering he's, he's young against a veteran.
3: Sure, sure. And I think, you know, we'll see how he is early on, whether he's, you know, over amped up. And, uh, you know, definitely needs to trust the breaking stuff, but certainly his fastball is bread and butter. You know, that he pops out at 100 miles an hour to do so, not only in the first inning, but, you know, through the seventh and eighth inning as well. His consistency with his velocity is is pretty remarkable. So I will say this for Severino. He obviously had his worst start of the second half against the Red Sox at the stadium, came back against that same team and was phenomenal in that Sunday night baseball game when the Yankees took 3 of 4 after getting swept by Cleveland to kind of turn their season around. So he has the ability clearly to make adjustments and be a little bit finer with his pitches. So got to, you know, not make sure he doesn't hang a slider, but otherwise this stuff is just, you know, unhittable at times. So we'll see.
2: Do you think with CC being on the roster, do you think we see him in an inning role? Do you see him maybe as a one batter to face Joe Mauer Cause Mauer's stats aren't good. I mean, do you see CC potentially getting a chance to pitch tonight? If, if, uh, Severino fails.
3: Yeah, definitely possible. Um, yeah, like you said, it's good numbers against Maurer. I think Maurer's like 10 for 52 lifetime against him, so that's something that's possible. And then maybe you know if it goes into the, God forbid, 16th, 17th inning. I guess he's a guy that maybe can give you, you know, an inning or two given it's do or die time. You have to win this game for him to even get a start in the, uh, the ALDS. So yeah, I think he's kind of their emergency guy. I was pretty surprised because he just pitched on Saturday, but you know they definitely trust him. And uh, you could see him in that maybe like lefty lefty get one out roll.
2: It'll be interesting to see how Girardi plays. it. Now, you get to the stadium today, and a couple – I mean, you, you see a man drinking out of a flask on the four train, uh, getting happy hour started early, and then a crazed man yelling things on the line of media. What is going on on your uh, journey to the Bronx? It's
3: just the usual thing. I try to have fun with the fans. so I'll usually tw- you know, tweet post-game about people on the subway because it's always a crazy place in New York. A lot of wild things happen, so that was just today. <laughs> we'll see if they continue during the playoffs if they continue. But uh, yeah, people seem pretty amped up. Those people didn't exactly have Yankee hats on, but uh, I'm sure plenty of Yankees are excited tonight.
2: Yeah, and you never know what you get in the New York City subway, especially now with FS1 ads ripping the Knicks in New York City. Uh, you, you really, I mean, you never know with the people. You never know with the ads. Now uh, it's just a day in the life of New York City, and uh, the guy running the city is. The judge. I mean, he's rookie of the year, no doubt. Do you like Aaron Judge to beat out Jose Altuve for AL MVP?
3: It certainly doesn't seem like uh, some mainstream Street guys are, you know, into that vote. Um, I watch him every day, so I'd probably be a little biased. I mean, Altuve is his Mr. Consistency at over 200 hits, led the AL in batting. I mean, he really is phenomenal. And they were without Correa for a while. Uh, but the Yankees, at the same time, definitely would not have been the playoffs. With, without Judge. I mean, with Sanchez being injured, with Gregorius being injured, third missing over 100 games at the ankle, uh, you know, I don't know where they'd be without him. He, you know, his numbers are obviously historic in pretty much every way at this point for a rookie. So, you know, I, I don't really think you can go wrong either way. I'm sure it'll probably be a pretty close vote, but uh, I'd probably vote for Judge. I don't have an AL, uh MVP vote but if I think I did I'd vote for him but again I'd probably be biased considering I watch him every game
2: well I I would agree with you just because in terms of valuable I don't with the Yankees without judge would be nowhere near the playoffs uh the Astros without Altuve are still cruising into first place and they had this division one basically in May or April so I do think in terms of valuable judge was that guy um if the Yankees win tonight they're obviously heavy favorites uh, it should be tight just because of the pitching matchup. I think it'll be tighter than people think. But what is the, what's the rotation going to look like for the ALDS if they do win against the Indians?
3: Yeah, I think uh, probably go Gray game one. I think you probably end up going g c game two, Severino game three, and then Tanaka game four.
2: Do you think Gray should have started this wildcard game?
3: No, no, no. I think, I think Severino... Deserves it based on the whole body of work, um, just the fact that he's really electric and dominant, and you know has a chance to have a game where he strikes out, you know, 10, 12 guys over seven innings. Uh, stuff just this is really dominant. I think Gray is really good as like a two or three that'll keep you in the game, and, and he's really fine. It really is great breaking stuff, but I think you know you one game to win. Severino's definitely the guy.
2: All right, prediction time. Do you think they they beat the Twins tonight?
3: It's. A one random game, it's kind of amazing. You know, you look at it over six months, the Yankees have 20 more wins than losses. Mm-hmm. So it's just its really hard to say. I think they probably win, but, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. It's just, you know, if it was a best of five, best of seven, I think the Yankees, you'd like the Yankees' chances a lot better. But since it's one and done, you never know. Any random error or, you know, home run it over the short right field wall, something like that off the end of the bat, and, and the game's over. So I think they'll win, but, i you know, maybe it's 52-48, you know, I think it's pretty even in, in a one-game scenario like this.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Um, do you, Who do you think comes out of the American League?
3: I mean, I think probably I, I think the Indians are just as, as good as it gets. I mean, what, what's the record in the last 35, 40 games? I think they only have a couple losses. So, I mean, they're just as complete as it gets. But one problem for the Yankees is as dangerous as they could be, I don't know if they could hit Kluker. They certainly didn't show in the regular season. No other teams really did either. But, uh, you know, that's one of those ones where you'd have to probably try to steal the first game or something, you know, be able to go toe-to-toe with him, like graded kind of in Cleveland for a while, and then hope you can kind of scratch, you know, a run or two across or he he comes out of the game and it's tied. But even then, they have such a dominant bullpen with Allen and, and Miller at the back end, so that's
2: a tall task for any team to try to beat them. I agree. I like the Indians, Dodgers World Series. Mike Mazio, New York Daily News. Uh, I know you got to get to the game, got to get to Girardi. So uh, enjoy the game tonight. Appreciate you coming back on. You got
3: it, man.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
2: And welcome back to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's radio.com podcast network. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and on Spotify as well. And follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show. Joining us now is Friend of the Program. He pitched this year for the Long Island Ducks and pitched pretty well when he did pitch uh, with a 2 ERA, 13 hits, 22 and a third innings. Uh, out there in, uh, what is it, what is it Islip? West Ice Lip? Uh, New York. Yeah,
1: Central Islip.
2: Central Islip. Oh, there's so many Islips out there. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> in that great old Long Island. It's David Ardsma, the DA53 on Twitter and host of the bullpen with DA. DA, what's going on, man?
1: Not a whole lot. I, uh, I had to leave Central Islip down here in Arizona now and join this uh, beautiful weather getting ready for the playoffs.
2: How was your time this year in Long Island? Did you discover all American burger? Did you discover some good delis? Uh what what was the season like?
1: A lot of delis, a lot of diners. There aren't mm-hmm. a whole lot of delis and diners out here in Arizona, but I really enjoyed it. Loved it. I didn't know what to expect with uh, independent baseball in the Atlantic League. But man, I was uh I was pleasantly surprised by the fans and the support we had out there in the, in central Islip. So just so you know that the 15th different type of Islip there is central Islip. And uh, man, we had a blast. We had a great season ended up going to the championship of the Atlantic league. And uh, man, it it makes baseball fun because you play the guys that earn the, you know, earn the jobs where a lot of, you know, major leagues or, or minor leagues you play the guys, especially in the minor leagues you play the prospects, you play the, the guys you have to play and a whole lot of people feel entitled when they're in the minor leagues and the big leagues and there, man, you, you play for the love and these guys are trying to get back they work hard and you play the guys that earn it because you need to win every day and those teams make money on basically whether they win or lose where a lot of minor league teams don't so it's a lot of fun
2: now you said you told me before that you did battle an injury in the AC joint, um, may have affected your numbers and and time you pitched uh, going into the off season. Now, what's the outlook here in the future? I know you still want to play, but what's what's your game plan coming up?
1: Well, the game plan coming up is you know I'm going to stay physically ready. I'm not going to probably go as crazy as I have been the last couple of years. You know, just really destroying my body to be ready, destroying uh, everything to be ready, but. You know if somebody calls i'll go back into that grind i'll go back into that work and, and be ready for the season but i'm not going to be pursuing it I'm, I'm going to start seeing what else is out there maybe pursue a career in coaching maybe try to go i, I think i have a little bit more passion for the front office side as far mm-hmm. as like pitching development side versus just coaching and being on a minor league bus all the time um and I have the podcast, The the Bullpen with DA, and so we've been doing that, and, I, and I'm and i loving that and going to continue that either way. So there's a lot of options out there, I think, right now for the time being. I want to enjoy my time with my family for, for a little bit and then uh, see what the, the great world of post-career has for me
2: the podcasting industry you gotta love it it doesn't always pay the bills i'll say that Uh, but it it is a grand time and you do it with james the greek and i see him tweeting i mean i I mean i i guess i understand when people start something it's hard to quit especially with cigarettes but my man james you gotta put the cigarettes down man uh it, it only does you does you harm right
1: Absolutely, man. I've been riding him. I've been riding him hard, and I know he's going to be listening to this. I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> you can tell he's going through the uh, the withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's having a, a hard time with it. But, man, I I couldn't – I, I got to tell him right now because I know he's going to be listening. I appreciate that he's going all out and giving that effort because he will see the benefit. And, and everybody loves having him around, and I want to have him around as long as humanly possible – and
2: I love that he's trying. Yeah, I mean it's important. He gets smoke. That's fine if he smokes something else. Cigarettes, I don't know. That's that'll kill you. <laughs> uh, we're yeah, ta- exactly. We're talking with David Arzma, the DA53 on Twitter, host of the Bullpen with DA. The playoffs are here, and my goodness, the Yankees and Twins are there. Somehow, you predicted that the Yankees would get to the wild card game, which is blasphemous to me because coming into the season, I did not expect their pitching to hold up. It has. Uh, their bullpen has been actually a little bit of a concern, which you thought that would be their strength. And Luis Severino takes on the other team that I'm much more surprised by, Da, and that's the Minnesota Twins. You told me you had them in third place, but how the heck is this team in the playoffs? Half the roster I've never even heard of. Well, you know what it is. Okay, so predicting
1: the Yankees, they were 84 and 78 last year. That's mm-hmm. pretty good actual like numbers. And I thought all this team was going to get better, gel, have more guys that playing together, and all of that works positive, And they really didn't make a whole lot of changes other than positive changes. So when you look at it, they only won what seven more games. So that's awesome. I think that's why I predicted them there to be you know going to the the playoffs. With the Twins, I saw the same thing I saw two years ago. If you really look two years ago, I thought they were a pretty solid baseball team. They were coming together. Sano was playing well. You started to hear about Buxton getting to play a little bit. And then what they did, they had a horrible year last year. So everybody looked at last year and said, this team is just horrible, they're bad. I thought they were like the Diamondbacks. They were playing way under their potential. I thought they had a whole lot of – kind of like the twin, game, the twin teams of, you know, the early 2000s, mid-2000s, where they have a whole lot of good talent and not a whole lot of great. Not, not those superstars that are just going to blast you through the playoffs, kind of like the Yankees are, are building and some of the other teams have. They don't have these guys that, like you said, they don't jump off the paper. They're not huge superstar names, but a whole lot of solid guys that just cause trouble and so they're going to be a team I see that will challenge people during the regular season, but when it gets time to that mini-gritty of the playoffs where you, those superstars, and that's why they are superstars, mm-hmm. um, they don't quite have those players yet that will put them past. But I saw them just kind of coming back to what they were doing two years ago, and two years ago they were a very competitive team, so I thought they were going to do that and be a little better.
2: And I think they have a shot against the Yankees considering you are throwing out a veteran, Irvin Santana, I'm not sure how much I trust Luis Severino in a one-game playoff. Sure, he's been incredible this year. But, I mean, you you know how it is. In the playoffs, it's about those veterans, and it's the guys who've been there before, and it's about pitching. And I think the Twins, in terms of their starter, may have an edge here. We'll see how Severino does. He could be on a short leash.
1: Well, exactly. And I think that's going to be an issue with Severino. Short leash, last time he pitched against the the Twins, I believe he only went – you know, three innings—something extremely short. Um, Santana, been there, done that. There's a reason—the reason he's on this team is because he's been in these games. He's knows he knows what he's doing. He's been in the playoffs. He, he's had eight game, you know, eight games in the playoffs. So he knows what the atmosphere is going to be like. He knows going to the Yankee Stadium, what that's going to be like. He's done it before. He's done it several times before. He's actually gone in the Yankee sta- He's actually gone against the Yankees and won in the past in in the playoffs. So. I I like him being on the mound, but then the Yankees have a lot more weapons, and that's the only thing I'm worried about. But I love that Santana is going to be pitching, and I think that gives – at least that far at that point, an edge. We'll see, though, man. Uh, you know, Severino surprised everybody this year. No one thought he was going to be having as good of a season as he's having. So you never know, man. The young guy might step up and, and win a huge game and, and propel uh, the Yankees to the division series.
2: Another guy who surprised people in terms of how good he's been has been Aaron Judge. And everyone wants to talk about maybe holes in a swing, strikes that a lot. His overall numbers 284, 52, 114, and a 422. OBP is Aaron Judge the MVP of baseball right now?
1: Ooh, that that's a tough question. I think you know without a doubt he's the Rookie of the Year, and that's mm-hmm. another one of those things. I saw him play last year, and I thought he was going to be the Rookie of the Year this year. He, without a doubt, he's going to be running away with that. As far as MVP, man, he is playing well enough to be that, and what you saw with the Yankees, and this is what makes guys MVPs, is when he struggled, the Yankees struggled. When he did well, the Yankees did well. He's the the middle-of-the-order bat on a playoff team that you weren't necessarily, you know, like like you said, a lot of people weren't suspecting them to be the playoff team and this team that actually is heavily favored in the wild card game, and he's the biggest piece of that. And So when you look at MVPs and you look around the league, who means the most to their team, and are they on that upper echelon of players? Right now he's on the upper echelon and when he struggled the team really struggled but when he did well that's when they made the push at the end of the year for the playoffs and that's when they made that huge jump at the beginning of the year where they won so many games in April and May and that was really all behind Aaron Judge
2: and it's really going to come down to him or Altuve it's a it's a two man race uh Altuve hit 346 with a .410 OBP 24 and 81 i mean uh, I, I think I give it to Judge just because of what he meant to the Yankees. He really was the most valuable player. Everyone else – I mean, sure, Altuve was big on the Astros, but that team was coasting from the beginning of the season uh, with everyone else. So I think you've got to give it to Judge.
1: When you look at the Astros lineup, it is scary. Mm-hmm. And Altuve is, is a big part of that. But he's almost like another cog in the wheel. And I, and I, don't, know if, I don't know if you lose Altuve – if the Astros are still not a playoff team, I think they still are a playoff team. When they lost, when Judge wasn't playing well, the Yankees were of, of below five hundred team. They weren't. A lot of people expected the Yankees to not make the playoffs because Judge was playing so poorly. But when he when he played well, they the Yankees made that giant jump. Now, the one reason I think Altuve could get it, and, and I think also deserves it. Is because he's been so close in the past. He was 13th in 2014. He was 10th and 15th, third last year, and again even better numbers this year on the you know <laughs> one of the very best teams all year in baseball. And I'll, I you know Judge is going to probably run away with the Rookie of the Year. So so it's like why not give them both awards instead of just
2: one? Yeah, that makes sense. Shifting to. The NL wild Card, David Arzma, joining us here on the Jake Brown Show. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And I think a lot of us thought the Diamondbacks did have potential this year. Uh, Grinky, we knew would be great. Robbie Ray has been just remarkable. and Patrick Corbin has been pretty solid. And they've hit the ball. And Torrey Lavulo has done a terrific job. A guy who, hands down, should be the manager of the year in the NL. Uh, but the Rockies, DA, we knew they had a lineup. But we didn't think their pitching could hold up. And that seems always to be the story with them. But how about this matchup here between two NL West foes?
1: No, I love it, and and but it, the only thing that's frustrating, I, I love this for as a baseball fan. Everybody's going to enjoy this. Everybody's going to be showing up to watch this game. I think this game is going to be a whole lot more fun than than maybe that the AL series. But what what I think that the casual fan is going to miss because they're probably not going to maybe see this game, and then the winner of this goes on to play the Dodgers. You and you're going to eliminate all three of these teams. You're going to eliminate all of them but one, and it, they don't get on that national stage because the Rockies have come out of nowhere, really surprised everybody. The Diamondbacks finally are playing like we thought they were going to be doing last year, um, and these both of these teams deserve to be on a national stage and and across the country playing somewhere in the East, and they're not going to get that opportunity unfortunately. And and man, the Diamondbacks. Man, they are coming back. And and one name that you can't forget, and and like this week on The Bullpen with DA, we had Brandon Webb, and he talked about Archie Bradley and how he has really emerged as a leader in the clubhouse, as that voice where everybody thinks it's the Goldschmits or the Pollocks or the Grinkies are the voices. A lot of times it's somebody behind the scenes, and he says – bradley has archie bradley has really stepped up been a huge leader you know last year he had a five era and and 26 starts this year he's got a one seven that's crazy you know turnaround i know he's been in the pen because they were they were worried about him but he has been what he said is being around that team that backbone of the pitching and really kind of helped branch the rotation to the bullpen. And he's been that that big name. And, I mean, all the starters and all the moves that the the Diamondbacks made have have come to fruition.
2: Brandon, wow, a blast from the past. A 22-game winner in 2008. Uh, Career ended short, but that guy had had some nasty stuff back in the Diamondbacks' days in the uh, mid to late 2000s. Um, Red Sox-Astros in the AL here. I think the Red Sox are an interesting team because we know – Chris Sale, we know how good this team can be in October, but they kind of not back their way into the playoffs. But they didn't make Red Sox fans feel that amazing going into it. And a shocking stat to me, Da, was that this is the first time in their franchise history that they've won back-to-back division titles, which is insane when you think about it for how long they've been around. Uh, but what's your outlook on the Red Sox Astros here? I think the I think it's gonna be a 50-50 series if Sale pitches two dominant games.
1: Well, that's what it's really going to come down to, right? I feel like the Red Sox need Sale to win two games to win this series. When you look at this team, man, this team, it's stacked. they got a lot of great players, a lot of guys that were Red Sox guys coming through the organization, building up as a team, kind of like what the Yankees are doing now. Almost their entire lineup are Red Sox guys. But they need Sale to go out there and dominate. Because a lot of the other guys, you don't look at and say, "Man, they they're going to go out there and just win you a ball game. They're gonna they're gonna get gritty and fight and 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 win you that game." And then when you look at the Astros and what they have, that their type of rotation, you know, they're going to be coming out there with with Kuchel and, and you know Verlander and, and these guys are dominant big game guys, mm-hmm. and and they got the lineup that's got a, I think is a lot more dangerous. So, man, I think the Ashes are, are a dangerous, dangerous team. I do not want to be playing them in any form or fashion.
2: Yeah, the addition of Verlander in October is definitely intriguing, and the Red Sox are going to need Rick Porcello to be the old Rick Porcello. Has not been himself this year, and they're going to need him to step up because he likely could be the game two st- – he should be the game two starter. Uh, that's going to be a tough series. Sale is going to really have to just be shut out, lights out uh, for them to have a shot. The Indians – are they your favorite in the American League? They'll play the winner of Yankees-Twins, and uh, you think they win that series pretty handily. Do you like the Indians to get back to the World Series?
1: Yeah, I see the Indians definitely winning whoever comes out of that Yankees-Twins game. I see the Indians just just kind of beating them on every level. Maybe, Maybe not bullpen with the Yankees, only because the Yankees have so many good arms. But again, once you have you know, <laughs> once you have Andrew Miller, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He kind of takes over for everybody. And the other question is, and we keep asking us, I think this every year is, besides Kluber, who's going to be that starter for the Indians that wins the games? Because last year they won the games as a team. Nobody really went there as a starter and just dominated some games. They won it overall, and Andrew Miller basically won a lot of those games. When you look at you know them if they if they get to the championship series and they're playing the Indians or playing the Astros, I see the Astros have having answers for every one of Cleveland's you know problems, and so I see the Cleveland going out there and having so many good weapons, but then the Astros on the opposite side have just as many. Plus, the Astros I think have a, a definitely leg up on the starters, guys that have that generally go longer in, in games, have playoff, a um, whole lot of playoff uh, resumes. But the only difference is Cleveland, when it comes time to it, and, and Tito, Terry Francona, knows how to manage those games, knows how to manage that bullpen, and all those bullpen guys step up. That's the only reason why I'd give them the, the benefit of the doubt. But I, I think the Houston Astros won't let that bullpen dominate them like they did like other, they did to other teams last year.
2: David Arzman on the Jake Brown Show. Now shifting to the NLDA. The Cubs and Nationals is a hell of a series. I mean, you got the defending World Series champion. you got Bryce Harper back for the Nationals. you got Scherzer as a Cy Young candidate. And the Nationals has been a curse. And obviously, I, I, I want them to get spanked this series as a Mets fan. I hope they lose. Uh, and they have not been able to get to the NLCS. Will that change this year against the Cubs who – uh, found their way in, but the Brewers definitely uh, made things interesting.
1: You know, you know, what I look at the Cubs is they got they got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. They got hot right at the end. They the Brewers didn't fold and give it to the Cubs. The Cubs earned it. And that's what you want to see. I'm not really worried about the World Series champion going out there beginning of the year and starting slow. I'm not really worried about that. It's how they finished, and they finished hot. If they won that division. They went out there and they wanted it. And the players that played like – the players that were champions last year played like it at the end. And that's what you want to see with veteran guys, with, with good teams. The only thing I see with that is that lineup is it's not producing the same way it did last year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going out and just dominating teams. Last year, that's what we saw. We saw them their run differential, their starting rotation not giving up any runs, and their their lineup just destroying teams. But that's what you saw from the Cubs last year is what you're seeing from the Nationals this year. Rotation going out there, dominating teams, Strasburg pitching crazy, crazy good. Scherzer, hopefully he gets back. Gio Gonzalez going out there pitching really well. And so we're seeing the Nationals kind of do what the Cubs did last year in that lineup. That Nationals lineup played so well all year round. I mean, I gotta give it to the Nationals.
2: Yeah, I think this could be the year they finally get past the first round, and if slash when they do, it'll likely be against the Dodgers, who people worried about. They had that little stretch where they struggled, and yet they still go hundred and four and fifty eight. D.A., I just don't see anybody even in baseball beating this team on paper. Their offense is stacked. If Kershaw could uh, get the October ghost off of him and wave him off and try to get back to his regular season himself, I just don't see anybody beating the Dodgers.
1: I don't see anybody beating me either. They won eight of their last 11. I think them going through that streak was a great thing. Mm-hmm. I, always, I always say you need adversity – to be successful and the Dodgers in the past in the last couple of years have faced a lot of adversity but only in the playoffs so they don't have that time to turn it around I think the Dodgers got really they they got really lazy they were winning so many ball games beating everybody going out you know night in night out and kicking everybody's ass and this year, you know, right at the end, they started losing. So I think a lot of people didn't realize the type of work they were putting in, the type of effort they are putting in every night, and then had to turn that around. All the guys came together, started working harder, worked playing as a team better, and that's what you want to see right before the playoffs, and that's what they did. So you look man for man. They line up with anybody, and then that rotation is scary good. I think Kershaw, I don't think he's... I think it's a it's a idea that he's pitched horrible in the playoffs. I think a lot of times it was horrible for like an inning, mm-hmm. horrible for an at bat. So he gave up that big hit at that big moment, which obviously as a as a who Clayton Carstraw is in the regular season doesn't do that. So I don't think I think there's been a lot of times he's pitched really well, but had in that big moment gave it up. And I would I'm excited to see him with other pitchers behind him that are you know let's say he goes up and gives up a game. The next pitcher behind them is not going to so it's that's that's what makes great teams great is when somebody can give it up but the next guy does it and so they rebound and so i'm i'm really excited to see the dodgers play and i, I don't think anybody can stop them
2: yeah and i mean we, i mean alex wood is a scion candidate people just slept on it's just been remarkable in the first half of the year he was just ridiculously good uh adding you darvish makes things even better and then rich hill a lot of a lot of people sleep on rich hill Guy's a strikeout machine and uh, really been a dominant lefty this year. They got a couple lefties, a couple righties, and then you throw Ryu as a fifth starter. And then uh, the Dodgers really are stacked. What is your World Series prediction?
1: Right now, I, I'm seeing the the Astros versus the versus the Dodgers. These both of these teams are stacked in every every position. I think if if there's anything with the Astros, it's just it's that bullpen maybe is not as strong as some of, of the other teams. But I think that offense is, is too good where, where it really matter. And then, like we just talked about the Dodgers, man, they, I think they have an answer for every single team out there. And man for man, they're just a little better than every National League team.
2: So you like the Dodgers over the Astros in the fall classic uh, should be a good one. And the Dodgers finally get it done. It's the First time since, what, 1988, uh, almost 20 years now. David Arthma. The Long Island Duck this year. We'll see where he ends up next year. Get the uh, Bullpen with DA podcast on iTunes. Tune in all that jazz. DA, uh, good talking to you, man. Talk to you
0: soon. Absolutely.
1: Thank you for having Uh,
0: me. Appreciate it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.